to live righteously. It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It's episode number 429. Nine. Oh, 29. Oh, there it is. Okay. I like the echo effect. It's me and Brother Kyle. It's an Articles of News episode. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh I'm not gonna uh what do you call it? I'm not gonna uh sneak attack you and make you talk about stuff and cry again. Go back go back and listen to that episode of the Cultural Hall when I Which made, one was that? When I made you cry. Remember? You can't you came here to the home studio and you're like, Hey, I don't have any news and I'm like, Well actually we're gonna talk about you and you're like, What? And I'm like, No, seriously, let's do it and then you were like, What? And then we talked to you and then you cried. I don't remember that. Yeah. Remember, you talked about your kid and the swimming and why you don't believe in miracles, but like why maybe that would be. It's episode number 352 if people want to check it out. That's like 100 episodes ago. I can't I, remember that many episodes. I, listen, I know. I know. But I you believe know, you. But you, but you know what? You know what, Brother Kyle? That's a bunch of episodes ago, but did you know that we are the most prolific uh, show available in podcast form that talks about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which is, is a that- long way of saying Mormon podcast? Is that something to be proud of? I mean, it's, it's prolific. We are, something to we be... are prolific. Everyone has their claims, right? There's the original. There's the hot takes of this and that. We uh, we're the most prolific. We do the most episodes. This isn't fast food or Kentucky Fried Chicken. This is a podcast. Yeah, yeah. maybe quality. Yeah, 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 yeah. Should... Maybe we should. Maybe do we that should someday a... think about doing quality. Okay, okay. Uh, something to consider, <laughs> consider some quality. You know what though? Sometimes, sometimes though, let me ask you this. Would you ever say that it would be quantity over quality? Cause I can think uh, of sometimes. Sure. Like money, right? I don't need, yeah. I don't need good quality. Uh, I'll take a million dollars in nickels over $500 in dollar bills. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So exactly. That's what we are. We are. <laughs> A million. a million dollars in nickels. There it is. That We are the show that's a million dollars in nickels. That could be our new slogan, Listen, our new motto or whatever. I, I'll support it. I will support it all the way to the bank. Brother Kyle, what's new with you? I haven't spoke with you in probably the longest time in a long time. It's been a month, maybe? Has it been that long? Could have been. My goodness, it could be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we, uh, we're we living the, the COVID dream here. Mm-hmm. A lot of biking. I see you. The thing is, you bike to the top of some mountain that has what I, it's probably just like a broadcast station, but I, in my mind, feel like it's a place where science experiments go terribly wrong. That's what it looks like to me. That's the kind of what people think. It's the the FAA radar towers. Okay, okay. So like if, and you can go right up to it. What if you went up to it with like a a bomb and blew it up? How would the planes fly? Kyle, you can't say stuff like that. No, I'm not going to do that. No, and you, and it's illegal and no one should. But it scares me. Sure. It it honestly scares me though. Because I'm like, I'm right here and I'm an idiot. Any idiot can get here. Huh. I think that. It's not easy. I think that maybe, well, yeah. I mean, I see even the way you, a very trim in shape person how huh, you you struggle you. you struggle a bit to get up there well we did it so on the fourth of july we annually have this ride where we ride up a whole bunch of people just get together and ride up to the top of this mountain and this year i did it and i i, I thought earlier in the day i thought i'm gonna do it a second time to do it twice okay once is hard and everybody looks at a challenge so i did it twice then i got in the top feeling pretty good a second time and i'm like i'm gonna do this a third time mm. well that was a mistake <laughs> <laughs> Because it was really hard and it made me really ill, so well, I climbed up it three times in in a day. It's about how how yeah one hundred and sixty feet in elevation. Fifty one hundred. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So so let me ask you this: Do you feel now more American than ever? Then you took a great thing and just did it in excess, so you hate it. Yeah. Yeah. I did it on the Fourth of July, <laughs> and here's why: is huh. because there was nothing else to do on the Fourth of July. Now, could you see fireworks from up there? Was that a thing? It was in the middle of the day. Okay, so no. No, I started at 6 a.m. and then finished in the late afternoon and, you know, when it's 100. Uh-huh, of course. That's great. That really but smart yeah. smart thing that you do. But there were no, I mean, the only fireworks happening were around the neighborhood. And, and if you're anywhere like uh, Los Angeles, which I know um, oftentimes uh, Davis County, the Los Angeles of the state of Utah, Yes. Um, you guys probably expressed your freedom quite a bit in those firework displays. Yeah, you know, honestly, around here, my neighborhood it was it was like the same as normal. Really? But it, yeah, which, which is still too much because I live right on the side of the mountain. So 
you know, a little gust of breeze and you could light it on fire. Yep. And what idiot would light any place on fire with fireworks? Only a buffoon <laughs> would start a field or mountain on fire. I mean, you've with done fireworks. you've done that. Shh. Nope. No. Yeah. Didn't you? Maybe. When you were younger though, not recently, I hope. No, I was a full-grown adult. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss you. I miss you so much. What just, if I ever feel bad about myself, brother Kyle, you know what I do? I make sure I schedule you for the next articles of news cuz then I suddenly feel <laughs> a little bit better. How's kid? He's great. We we spent uh last weekend at, at Snowboard Utah, which is a ski resort, ski and summer resort. Mm-hmm. And there was a mountain bike race. And since there's not much going on, uh, it's like everybody went, whoa. And they kind of keep it on the down low, but everybody hears in the underground and shows up to this race because you don't get much opportunity this year to, to compete. Mm-hmm. So although, we went. Al- into- although I feel like mountain biking is a thing that we should be able to do, but I guess I, guess I understand the mass amounts of people is probably a thing they want to discourage. Yeah, and it, uh, social distancing outside is is pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, racing on the mountain, you go you go by some people, but I guess it's a you know it's a calculated risk that I sure, took. Sure, and it was a uh, so we spent the weekend. We we made a kind of a weekend of it and stayed there. How'd you do beyond the race? Uh, I I didn't do that well. Okay. Uh, we we went up with with friends, you know, some that did well, and and some of us uh, struggled. I mean, what was I? I think I was number. four fifth in my group hmm. there were six in your group so yes yeah correct yeah, yeah. uh there was uh it, it it was kind of fun because it, it is rare to have an event that a gentleman showed up uh who was the uh number one in the nation and also oh. the world right now oh wow yeah and so as he went by me and he sponsored by the same company that i ride a bike for which i also ride for free so mm-hmm. see we have something in common yeah me and this guy <laughs> How you like? How do you like your Huffy? Cool. Yeah, it's great, Kyle. Hey, nice bike, and he's got the same bike, and so. But kind of racing with somebody like that, or participating with somebody, is kind of cool because he's a guy that you see in magazines and pictures. Like, like if you went out to play some flag football, and there's uh, Dan Fouts. Okay, is 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 Dan Fouts a, a flag football player? No, he's a the quarterback for the San Diego Chargers. Okay. In, in 1982 through 87. Okay. All right. All right. Sorry. That's I, the only I, football player I could think of. I wasn't, all right. What's another one? Uh, I, I Tony mean, DeVino? Yeah, I think that's the car dealership. Okay. <laughs> who's, who's a big football player? Forget it, Kyle. Credibility okay. lost. Well, although, <laughs> although I love that because I was like, is there a professional flag football league and player that I don't know? No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, it'd be like if you were doing like a, like a street race and uh, even though he's a big cheater pants, Lance Armstrong was there. Right. Or yeah. if you're out racing your car and Mario Andretti pulled up next to you at the stoplight. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Or like if, uh, I mean, like if uh, you were, what, playing uh, disc golf and uh, old Walt guy invented the Frisbee was there. Same deal. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you went if you went to bear your testimony and, and following you up on the stand is uh, uh Alan H. Oaks. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All these things. Very just... <laughs> synonymous. <laughs> Perfect. So you had a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That was ours. And what has been happening with you? Well, I've been, I, uh, I got the opportunity to leave. I was, I was gone. People that That's listen, right. people that listen to the cultural hall know that, uh, I was gone because something was afoot with the episodes uh, of the cultural hall. Whenever we are around normally under a normal schedule, Monday episodes are the Articles of News episodes, and Friday episodes are the interview episodes. You'll notice that even today, this Friday episode is an Articles of News, so you're thinking, Richie, do you not know what you're doing? Yes, we are going to have another Articles of News this next Monday and get back on schedule. That way we can get caught up with all of our Articles of News. But all that to say that the reason why we had those three, uh, what I think are some of the best interviews that we had back to back to back, uh, was because I could have them already done, already put in the can, as they say, and then just set them to publish while we were gone. We went up to Washington to see my mom. Uh, If people want to know specifically, it's Orcas Island, Washington, which is uh, a gorgeous island in the San Juan Islands. takes about 12 to 14 hours, depending on if my wife or I are driving. Uh, up there. I'm kidding. I drove the whole way. You have to take a ferry across. It's an island where people take yeah. the... Uh, now, is this 12 or the 14 hour drive? Does that include this ferry ride over? No. And... Nope. Nope. You, so that's and... just to get to the 
port. Exactly. And then you drive your car on the ferry, which is a cool experience. And then the ferry rides anywhere between an hour to 90 minutes. And then it's another 20, 25 minutes on the island to my mom's house. Gorgeous, very terrible cell service. So you just are kind of focused on each other. And I was able to be there with my mom and my stepdad and they stay there in the summertime. And, you know, it's a it's a place that not a lot of people are traveling to because of the pandemic and the people on the island really appreciate that not a lot of people are coming and they also take the virus very seriously. So you are, you know, wearing a mask anywhere, that kind of thing. There's not, there's not really a, I don't want to say there's not a choice because I'm sure there's a choice, but, but it's sort of like island law, if you know what I'm saying, where they sort of bully you to do what they want you to do. And so I felt particularly safe as far as that goes. We were up there for about hmm. eight or nine days and just gorgeous. Wow. Slept in, never got hotter than 72 degrees. I just, yeah, I just absolutely loved it. I made a friend. Well, a fr- and, uh, and that's what I was fascinated <laughs> by your, your video because I honestly thought it was really cool. And I thought this looks beautiful and it looked like you were at a little cabin. It looked like a, a wooded setting mm-hmm. and, and the wildlife. Yeah. Eating out of your hand. Literally listening to this show. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I I even put an apple in my mouth and uh, my dear friend, pun intended, his name is Tip. He's a young buck, probably one. He would come by every morning and every evening and I would feed him. And before I get all the hate mail at contact at the cultural hall dot com, I recognize I was probably being irresponsible as far as feeding wildlife goes. So I'm sorry, but the video is cool and he was cute and I loved him and he let me pet him like I pet my dog, Robert. So back off, please, everyone. (laughs) And then you, because you can't help yourself, you say, yeah, you should cut his head off and mount it on the side of your wall, which is, which is, which is funny, which is funny. (laughs) And that's how we exchange with each other on social media. But then the neighbor from across the street there in Washington Oh. Also is a friend of mine on Facebook and is like, I don't find that thing particularly funny. And they don't know that you just try and get people to be super mad. So, Well, you said you wanted, you'd like to take that little cutie home with you. Yeah. So I said, yeah. you just shoot it, chop its head off, yep. stuff it, and stick it on the wall because I've seen people do that before. You sure, know, the sure, deer head on the wall. Sure. So it was a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Your type of people, right? And there's plenty. <laughs> And there's, yeah, there's plenty yeah. of other deer to take that one's place. Yeah, yep. I think is what I said. There, yeah, there, and there are a lot of deer there on the island, but gorgeous place, great place to hike, nice and quiet. Recommend it quite a bit. Uh, we went whale watching and got to see uh, an orca breach a couple of times, which is when they jump out of the water and then splash down. It was pretty cool. And I uh, went for a boat ride. I saw the comet. Have you seen, did you see the comet? I didn't. Oh my gosh. You may still be able to now if I think it's probably on the very, very tail, pun intended, end of that whole thing. You can be able to check it out. And it's it's super cool. It's like nothing else I've ever seen uh, because there's nothing else like a comet. Other things in addition to that. I mean, I just think uh, we've been doing some pretty cool things here in the cultural hall recently. Uh, I can't get the James Strang interview of the cultural hall off my mind. Uh, I know you don't listen, Kyle, but you really should. This is a guy who, at the death of Joseph Smith, decided that he should be in charge of the church. And so, um, like, 12,000 people followed him where to a place where he declared himself to be king of heaven and earth. And all sorts of piracy, literal piracy, occurs. So you can check that one out. That's episode 425 of the Cultural Hall. Also, uh, you know, last week we were able to have Hank Smith on the show which I know a lot of people have been like, oh my gosh, are you guys ever going to get him? He was on. And then, of course, earlier this week, uh, if you have not listened to episode 428 with Charlie Bird, you probably don't recognize the name. But if you remember when the uh, Cougarettes, I think it's the Cougarettes, uh, were in their video went viral and Cosmo was dancing in front of them, that I believe, if he told me correctly and he wasn't being, you know, he wasn't joking or anything like that, that is Charlie Bird, who is dancing with the Cougarettes in that video that went viral like a year, year and a half oh, ago. And, yeah. he, and he's got a new book out, and he's great. And he talks about, uh, you know, being a member of the church and, and being a, a mascot and, and decorating cakes and all the things. So you should check that episode out. Uh, one last thing, Kyle, before we take a break and do actual articles of news. 
I wanted to share a review we got, and you're mentioned in this. Um, by the way, you can review the show wherever you get uh, your podcasts. It says, if you like listening to LDS podcasts, this will become your favorite. Uh, Richie T is a gifted interviewer. If you're not listening, you're not up to date on all things Mormon. Richie and Kyle are laugh out loud funny when they review articles of news. And that's from a person by the name of Balls Tanner. So, huh. so like B-A-L-L-S? No, like B-A-L-Z-E. So it might also be Balls A. It might also oh, I be, like I don't know. Maybe I should say Balze. Balze Tanner. Thank you for the review. You can do that wherever you're getting this episode. Let's take a break and come back and do actual articles of news. Hey, it's me, Richie T, and I want to talk to you about uh, Kimura Tours. Won't you join me on a church history tour? I would love to be your travel companion. Technically, it will be my wife, but you could be on the bus with us. This is part of our 2021. Yes, we're already talking about something like that. Uh, for next summer. It was uh, supposed to be this summer. In fact, it was supposed to be like a couple weeks from now. It's not. It has been postponed into 2021 so that church sites will be open. We'll be able to see the Hill Cumorah in its final pageantry year and also be able to see Nauvoo as well. Would love for you to come with us. These seats are filling up fast, so please do not put it off. Uh, make sure you go to KimoraTours.org. Kimura, just like it sounds, or like the hill which we talk about in the church. Tours, just like it sounds, uh, only T-O-U-R-S. It's not tours, like we say here in Utah, anyway. Uh, KimuraTours.org. Join us uh, and make sure you look for the Cultural Hall banner. We're going, of course, with the folks from Leading Saints, Kurt and the kids. Uh, they'll be along with us as well, so make sure that you click on that tour, that you go on those dates uh, that way we can all be on the bus together. The website is KimuraTours.org. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Hey, this is Dan, the Laptop Man from PC Laptops. Friends, I know a lot of you guys and girls are working from home. So here's some tips for making sure your computer is ready for working at home, because if your computer fails, it's going to be really hard to get it fixed because of dwindling supply and parts. But we have parts right now, and we have a limited supply of new computers available for you. Make sure your computer is healthy and virus and malware free. Hackers are trying to infect people and stealing their information during these challenging times. We'll scan the health of your computer for viruses and malware, plus scan your hard drive, memory, and components to make sure you don't have any failing parts. You want to make sure you have strong antivirus and malware protection software as well. Just get into any PC laptops and we'll check your hardware and your software and scan your computer for viruses for absolutely free. Just go to PCLaptops.com. At PC Laptops, we've been serving you for over 28 years, and we've got your back during these times of need. We're all in this together. So just go to PCLaptops.com, and we'll get you taken care of. Here in the second block of the Cultural Hall, it's time for some articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And away we go. I'm going to go first. This was one I saved from a while back uh, about Emma and Joseph's children. Now, you may be wondering, okay, well, I know that they had children, but do you know, in this LDS Living article, what happened to them? Uh, for example, example, only five of her 11 children, that being Emma Smith, of course, lived past the age of two years old, and her only biological daughter died at birth. After Joseph Smith was killed in 1844, and the majority of the saints moved west, Emma stayed in Nauvoo to raise her surviving children. So, who are those kids? Well, Alvin Smith, the first baby, was born and died on June 15, 1828. This was during the time that the 116 pages were given to Martin Harris and Martin Harris's wife and were lost. That's the first one. Thaddeus and Louisa Smith. 
These twins were born on April 30th in 1831 and only lived for three hours and were given the names Thaddeus and Louisa from the family Bible. Joseph Murdoch Smith, this is one of the twins that was adopted by Emma and Joseph. He died, that is, little Joseph died when he was 11, month, 11 months old. This is the one that we hear about as a combination of uh, measles and also exposure to the cold air when Joseph Smith was tarred and feathered at the Hiram uh, John Johnson farm. Uh, Julia Murdoch Smith, Julia and her twin brother Joseph, adopted by Joseph and Anna when they were nine days old, after their mother died giving birth to them and their father could not care for them. Um, she was 13, Julia Murdoch Smith was, when Joseph Smith was killed in Carthage. She married Elisha Dixon, somewhere between the age of 17 and 18. And um, she soon moved with her husband to Texas, where he died a few years later in a steamership accident. After his death, she returned to live with her mother, Emma, in Nauvoo. There she met and married John J. Middleton uh, in 1856. During their marriage in Middleton, she joined the Catholic Church. They eventually moved to St. Louis. Uh, after her mother's death in 1879, Julia went to live with her brother Alexander for a short time uh, and then passed away with breast cancer in 1880. So never returned to the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. <laughs> Joseph Smith III, that's probably the one that we know the most of. Uh, the namesake of his father, Joseph Smith III, was born on November 6, 1832 in Kirtland. Uh, he married Emmeline Griswold on October 22nd of 1856 he had five children and um he was a strong opponent of polygamy and served as president and prophet of the reorganized church of the jesus christ of latter-day saints uh, which is now the community of christ until 1914 so uh pretty interesting there frederick granger williams smith named after the prophet's close friend frederick g williams uh, the surviving son of the Joseph Smith Jr. family. He was only eight years old when his father was killed. He eventually married Anna Marie Jones and had one child with her. He fell ill in his early 20s. His daughter uh, never married, leaving no living descendants from this Smith son. Uh, we're almost through all the Smith kids. Remember, there's 11 of them. Yeah. Alexander Hale Smith was born in far west Missouri. On June 2nd, 1838, that was at the heights of the saints' persecution. Uh, believed to have been named after the church's legal counselor and Joseph Smith's friend, Alexander Donovan. Uh, he married Elizabeth Kendall in 1861, baptized in the RLDS church by his older brother, Joseph Smith III. And uh, he served several missions for the church and even occasionally traveled to Utah to the mainstream church. And he later served as a counselor in the RLDS church and later the RLDS patriarch before he died, before his older brother in 1909. Don Carlos Smith, uh, believed to be named after Joseph Smith Jr.'s youngest brother, lived to be only a little year, a little over a year old, born in 1840, died in 1841. They had an unnamed son who was born in 1842. And finally, David Hiram Smith, born in November 1844, nearly five months after Joseph's, Joseph and Hiram's martyrdom, David never knew his father or the uncle for whom he was named. He was three when Emma remarried and 16 when his brother began the reorganized Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So my question to you is, did you know that when Joseph Smith was martyred that Emma was pregnant? I didn't know that. No, I had no idea. I have never heard that before. That's a long way to get there and interesting about all the children. But I had no idea. I don't know why we're not told that. I don't know that she knew that that but was. And maybe because we, once the prophet Joseph dies, we sort of stop talking about Emma. Maybe that's why we don't know. But unless I'm misinterpreting something there, that that was curious information for me to learn from that uh, a little verbose LDS living article. What have you got, Brother Kyle? Uh, this is a quick one. I thought interesting. It's a report from the Brigham Young University uh, Sociology Department. Uh, that's the a, a LDS-owned school in yeah. Utah. Okay, I've heard of it. I've heard. Uh, so they surveyed 400 uh, former students, Okay. so ages 18 to 39, Okay. and found that most of them, 52%, plan to vote for Joe Biden. Okay. 
So let's it's, put that in perspective. If it's uh, if it's fifty two percent, fifty two percent of four hundred would be roughly two hundred and eight people. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and and they, they say twenty two percent would be for Donald Trump. Okay, so eighty eight people. So that still leaves, uh, if my math is correct, a hundred and four people. Who are they voting for? Uh, unidentified. Okay. Or, or what's the? Yeah. And it doesn't specify if they're still waiting to decide or if they're, you know, like going for Bogrites or all the, yeah. you know, Evan fringe McMullen. candidates. Is it Evan McMullen? Yeah. That's who we want. <laughs> let's let's be able to vote our conscience and vote for Evan McMullen 2020. But, you know, that's up to age 39. I'd be curious how much – I'm curious with, with our past here in the state and mm-hmm. how we vote. Mm-hmm. I, I'm curious to see how that happens this year with, with all that's gone down. Yep. Of course, I was surprised to see how it came down. With all that had been down over the past 50 years of that man's life sure. and how he voted. Sure. You know, and, and it's interesting to me when we talk about party over uh, religion, like how some people have united themselves far more with the party than with the religion here in the state of Utah, especially when we talk about masks, right? You would think, I would think um, that when the church says, hey, do this thing and we, you know, we give money to the church, we sacrifice our time for the church. That when the church says, hey, we would like you to do this, we're asking you to do this as a church, asking its members to do these things, that they would sort of fall in line, and they don't. They, they, it seems that Utah follows more party uh, than religious structure, and I find that to be curious. Mm, yeah, interesting. This was interesting. So the church, that is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, now beginning to open up uh, phase two. Uh, of the temple reopening, that meaning um, that the endowment can be done. Um, Now, I won't get into any more details uh, than that, but it's an opportunity where up to this point, it's only been ceilings for people who are already endowed. So the scenario would be, uh, say, I'm a return missionary, so I obviously went through the temple before I went out, Maybe my wife-to-be is a return missionary as well. So she had already been through the temple. We don't. We both didn't have to have our endowments out because we already had done it, and we were just going to be sealed together, um, those kind of sessions. Or if you were both married previously and then divorced, and you'd already both been through the temple, made the covenants, and then you wanted to get married to each other, and that had been approved. It was those live sealing things. But um, the phase two is where we're starting to go. There are several temples that are kind of uh, on board to do that. The temples launching phase two are Billings, Montana, Bismarck, North Dakota, Columbus, Ohio, and Winter Quarters, Nebraska. The other eight are in the world, but not in the United States. Copenhagen, Denmark, Frankfurt, Germany, Freiburg, Germany, Helsinki, Finland, Seoul, Korea, Stockholm, Sweden, Taipei, Taiwan, and The Hague, Netherlands, Um, So it's interesting to note that most of those that are international are places where uh, mask mandates have occurred and where numbers have basically bottomed out as far as the pandemic goes. Uh, Phase two also includes the endowment, including um, patron housing, clothing and cafeteria operations. Those are remaining closed. So it is just the endowment. And I'm not sure that it's even... Uh, work for the dead. I think this is an opportunity where, say, that I'm a return missionary and my wife-to-be isn't. We would like to be sealed in the temple and she would have to take out her own endowment. That now, the phase two, that can be done for folks. In phase three, it opens a temple for all ordinances, including the proxy ordinances. So, yeah, that's coming. The other part that was interesting is uh, there may very well be some changes to the uh, temple ceremony. So, um I thought that was interesting. The letter goes as follows. The sacred teachings, promises, and ceremonies of the temple are of ancient origin and point God's children to him as they make further covenants and learn more about his plan, including the role of the Savior Jesus Christ. Through inspiration, the methods of instruction in the temple experience have changed many times, even in recent history, to help members better understand and live what they learn in the temple. Part of the temple experience includes this making of sacred covenants or promises to God. Most people are familiar with symbolic actions that accompany the making of religious covenants, such as prayer, immersion of an individual baptism, or holding hands during a marriage ceremony. 
Similar, simple, symbolic actions accompany the making of temple covenants, which I thought was a pretty good way of saying this is what goes on in the temple without saying this is what goes on in the temple. Uh, but the last paragraph, it says, with a concern for all and a desire to enhance the temple learning experience, recent changes have been authorized to the temple endowment ceremony. Given the sacredness of the temple ceremonies, we ask our members and friends not to engage in speculation or public discussions about these changes. Rather, we invite church members to continue to look forward to the day when they may return and fully participate in sacred temple work prayerfully and gratefully. So there's going to be changes and they've said, yeah, don't talk about it. Oh, which I think is hard. Like, yeah. I, I, so I, I don't want to talk about what the changes may be, because that's what I feel like the church is asking us not to do. But why would they say changes are coming? Don't talk about it. Well, then we have to. Oh, well, great. We're talking about it now. Yeah. But I mean, so <laughs> so really, I'm just speculating about why the no speculating. So hopefully I can split that hair. But um, why not just not say that it's going to change until we can say that it, what the changes are or, you know, it's it's like when you tell a kid, right? Hey, I got a secret for you. If you clean your room. I'll, you know, I'll tell you the secret. Maybe this is a bad example. And they're like, what? What's the secret? What's the secret? And you're like, I can't tell you. And then, you know, like if you would have never said that there was a secret, they would have never thought there was a secret and there yeah. would have never been room for speculation. That's what I don't understand. That's my speculation on speculation. I'm not going to speculate. We're talking about it because I don't want to get in trouble. Well, OK. And hopefully I didn't get us in trouble by going that far. But it is curious to me. And uh, I, and for people who... um aren't aware of the changes uh, about the temple, um, the temple covenants and, and the sessions and those things. You can find most of those things online and typically within LDS resources. They're not like anti-sites or stuff like that. But if you're curious in the, in the history of the endowment, that information is available online. I'll try and find some and link it in the uh, show notes in this episode, which by the way, all the articles that we share here, they are linked in the order that uh, we talk about them uh, in articles of news. It's a great thing that we've been doing. My wife says, did you make sure and link them? And I say, yes. Yes, sweetheart, because she's now the one that edits these episodes. Mm. What else you got? Uh, here, Here's a little bit lighter, I please, think. Uh, where please. did I go here? Uh, uh, so it, do, you, do you have uh, the, the Amazon Lexi? Is that what it is? <laughs> do, do you have the Lexi, Kyle? Uh, I don't have one. No, it's an Alexa, Kyle. Alexa, okay. Or evidently there's another one called Google's, Google Smart. <laughs> it's the same. The Google Smart Speaker. Do you, do you not really have either of these? No. Okay. Why uh, would I have one? Well, I mean, we can talk about the benefits of them in a different time. I think they're cool. It makes me feel like I'm living in Back to the Future too. Oh, that's a good thing. They make me feel like a spaceman. Yeah. But no, I don't have... Either one. Well, you can now listen to Gospel Voice on those. What's Gospel Voice? So it's it's a new release. Okay. Um, so it, and and it was actually it says we are especially mindful of those with limited vision, uh, and those of different age abilities will benefit from greater access to core gospel material in the new channel. So you think, hey, brother Kyle, you don't see very good. Mm -hmm. Perfect for you. Mm -hmm. uh, but but let's say like to hear about Nephi building a ship, for instance, you say. Uh, Alexa, ask Gospel Voice to read the first Nephi chapter 17. And boom, like that, AI and, will and read it, it yeah, to me? It reads it to you, yeah. Hmm. So I wonder, because you can, with with a lot of these like uh, smart speakers and stuff like that, you can kind of set, I think, I forget what they're called. They're like modules or formats or something like that. So that every day at the same time, you can set them to do something. Like I wonder if you could set your alarm to the next chapter of the Book of Mormon so that every day you're welcome up. And it came oh, to pass. Yeah. That's right. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. I thought that was kind of neat. So hook that up on your uh, Alexa. I, it was right here. I should have read it. Yeah. I thought it yeah. was Lexi. Yeah. I honestly thought it yeah. was. It, it's pretty cool. Uh, we So on in the day job, we've had some interviews with some people who do like, because uh, you can get now smart lights. Have you heard about these? Uh, I don't know. So, do? so, so you know how, like, um, you know how, like, the sun goes down, and how, like, a long time ago, like, our circadian rhythms were set with the sun, 
And so we would sleep more and we'd take better care of ourselves because when we didn't have lights, we couldn't stay up past dark. Like it was dark, right? So we'd be kind of up when we'd be up and be asleep when we'd be asleep. And there was obviously fire and candle and all that stuff. But I'm talking like, you know, sort of that natural human thing. Well, these smart speakers and smart systems, smart homes, uh, they can all kind of combine and you can, if you have smart lights, they can start getting sort of dimmer as the night goes on. Like if you have a time that you'd like to go to bed, it can help you with like the melatonin production in your body. Just the lights, they can program it and you can have it geared towards when you're going to sleep. Pretty awesome. Wow. I might have to, can, can I just get them and hook them into my lights that I have now? Yeah. Yep. They're light bulbs. They are expensive, but it is worth, oh. it is worth transitioning over. Yeah. They're not like your, they're not like your two, your $2 incandescence. They're like oh. $25, but they don't, but they're led and they don't burn out. Huh? You can control them with your speakers. And that way you can say things like, okay, Google family room on Boop. turns the lights okay. on. So I could spend a, a boatload of money and do that, or I could go over and go click yep. with my finger. Yeah. Yep. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. You I'll could, have to think about that. Yeah. One. You could ride to the top of the mountain one time, Kyle, <laughs> or you could ride to the top of the mountain three times. Which will you do? I always look for the easy way out. Uh, this was interesting. The second temple in Washington County, Utah, got a name. Uh, it was being called the second Washington County temple. It's now called the Red Cliffs Temple, which is uh, kind of cool. Red Cliffs, Utah, gorgeous, gorgeous place, gorgeous uh, kind of section of the fine state of Utah. But interesting as we now begin to name temples after kind of the places where they are rather than the cities that they're in. For example, the Provo Temple, the St. George Temple. Um, other ones like this are the Feather River Temple uh, which is in Yuba City, California, and now the Red Cliffs Temple in Utah. You can check those out and uh, and be able to enjoy uh, the renderings of those, those both not to be available for a while. And then also, uh, they are ones that still have Moroni's on the top, and it is my speculation. Mm. If you guys can find something to prove me wrong, I would love to see it. Uh, my speculation is that any temple that was announced on or before the October 2018 conference will have Moroni's and all temples past that general conference will no longer have Moroni's and that we won't see them uh, on the top of our temples. If someone can prove me a rendering wrong, I will openly admit it. I will share that out on our social media where you can find us at the Cultural Hall in all places. I'm willing to admit that I'm wrong, but I'm nearly positive we are going to start uh, phasing out Moroni. Huh. He's going to go the way of the copper rivet. Uh, I hope not. You don't honestly. think? Well, well, I mean, I don't, I think it's possible, but I hope not. Yeah. Well, I, I just don't think, and we sort of talked about this before. I just don't think that we can in good conscience say you can't call us Mormon and have Moroni on our temple. Or we're not called Moroni's. Well, I know, but that's what, no, but that's what I'm saying. The big, the big push was we can't be Mormons because we're members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints because it's Christ's church, and if we have Moroni and, you know, golden images of Moroni, that sort of indicates, that's sort of a symbol to folks that we in some way praise Moroni, and I just mm. I just don't think that you're going to continue to see that. Now, the caveat, and I once upon a time thought that maybe he wouldn't even uh, don the top of Salt Lake. I don't think that that's going to happen. I think anything that is before 2018 unless there's a restructure, a rebuild, will continue to have the Moroni's on the top, uh, but any new stuff will not. That's my mm. speculation. Well, speaking of building stuff. Okay. Well, kind of buildings. You shoehorn uh, that in there. Get that in there. There's the push to rename BYU's administration building. Uh, it is the Abraham Osmoot building. Mm-hmm. Um, they are renaming it. You uh, think so? Evidently. Yeah. It's a, evidently a, f- a former slave owner. Uh, they, there's a black student union at, uh, Brigham Young University mm-hmm. and they're saying that that doesn't go far enough. Yep. So they want the names of individuals removed from all the buildings on the Provo campus. Now um, you're reporting this as though they have said for sure that they are going to change the name of the Smoot building. I have not the, seen that anywhere. Does that? No. Okay. I, okay. I, I, sorry. Okay. I, I misspoke there. Yeah. They're, 
there, there's a push to do it. Yeah, yeah. There's and, a push. And talk about, but they, they yeah. have not said. Yeah. Yet. Okay. So there's a push where it's one organization says, let's just change a smooth building. That will be good. And then this organization is saying, all the buildings, pal. Let's yeah. do it. Okay. Yep. So uh, let's see. The George Albert Smith Fieldhouse mm-hmm. um, would be renamed, and the, the Ezra Taft Benson Science Building. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they would. Well, uh, I know, that. I know, I know. Within each of these, and you've probably seen these if you've spent any time. Uh, and you have, uh, you know, you're in any sort of um, church Facebook groups or pages, and we've even shared some of this on the Cultural Hall. There are some quotes, both from Ezra Taft Benson, from George Albert Smith, certainly from Brigham Young, Bruce Otter McConkie, uh, all who have buildings named after them on campus um, that are racist would be a minimization of what they've said. And people will say, but what about their time? And these are people that this and all the good things does that. Uh, not outweigh the bad things that they did. And so that's where the discussion is. A- and also where whenever you name a building after anyone, you always will offend someone, right? Someone who will say, I know that individual and they shouldn't have a building named after them for whatever it is. And I'm not speaking yeah. just matters of race, right? People aren't perfect. So wherever that person was imperfect, if there's a building named after them, the people that were able to observe that imperfection will say, I can't believe Kyle would have a building named after him. Sure, he's hilarious. But did you know that he, you know, killed a deer and took its head and mounted yeah. it on the wall or, or some something like that? Yeah. Yeah. So... I, I, again, you know, I've said before, I think they will name, rename the Smoot building on BYU's campus. I don't think that they'll rename another building. I think they'll say we appreciate the feedback. I think they'll say we want to be more sensitive in this fu- in the future of this. And we, you know, as we look to name new buildings, we'll try and have it be people that are not just, you know, presidents and prophets of the church. And we'll try and, and have um, opportunities for other people from the history of the church be recognized but i think that the smoot building will be as far as this goes for for better or for worse yep i think you're right uh speaking of uh byu the moa do you know the museum of art on byu's campus uh never heard of it referred to as the moa but yeah yeah yeah. well that's what uh that's what the zoobs call uh the moa it's the museum of art and zoobs obviously being the zoobies that being those who attend the BYU. Um, they are doing Facebook Live videos because you can't go to the museum right now. So they're bringing the artwork to you. So if you've never seen uh, what goes on, uh, what they have hanging on the walls, what their their exhibits are at the MOA, it's actually pretty cool. People will come from all over to be able to see it. I remember when I was, oh, probably scouts or young men's age, we went down to the MOA and... Um, it was like a ancient Chinese art or something like that whole thing. And then another one, there was, um, there was an, uh, different, uh, depictions of Christ paintings and different art exhibits on Christ and went down to this thing. Very, very cool. Uh, it gives you opportunities to, um, to kind of not only see what's there, but also to be able to observe. And then it gives you, that is the people at the MOA. They give you a, a couple different ways to kind of uh, look at the art. And this applies to looking at any art. Gives you four kind of points of view. Look big, narrow your focus, change your perspective, compare and contrast works of art and see how you feel. Even write down a journal if you want and not mutually uh, exclusive to BYU Museum of Art. If you find yourself looking for something new, something that you would never do in a non-pandemic world, lots of museums have opened themselves up to be either free or low cost online. Uh, or like a donation-based thing. And you can see some really cool... Now, it's video. It's not like being there necessarily, but they've done some really great work to make those things accessible online and pretty interesting. Hmm. So like, so so let me entice you, Brother Kyle. You remember uh, in uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off when uh, they go on the field trip and they go with the kids, you know, they're holding the hands and they go and they stare at the works of art at the Chicago Museum of Art. You yeah. can go online and you can be able to learn about what piece of art it was that Ferris Bueller uh, was looking at in that in that uh, famous scene. Now that I'd be interested in. See, I knew I would get you. What else you got? It just it just takes old '80s movies. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Mormon Leak pays up. Uh, it's 
it's a non there's a nonprofit group uh, behind the website that leaked news about the churches, uh, about the our money, uh, the general authority pay, mm-hmm. sexual abuse allegations, things like that. Um, so this wasn't us, but they settled a lawsuit with another faith with the Jehovah's Witnesses. Interesting. So what what was the deal? They had shared information about the Jehovah's Witnesses and they got mad and sued them? Yeah. That, so they paid $15,000 in damages uh, and had to remove some material from its website. Uh, let's see. It does not say what it was about, but it was just that it with Jehovah's Witnesses. Hmm. Um, they And they said that they just couldn't afford to fight this anymore. So it was cheaper to pay out $15,000, move the information, uh, which will then make it Interesting to see what happens down the road with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, yeah, it, it surprises me on two levels. One, w- why did Mormon leaks have something about the Jehovah's Witnesses, right? Like just yeah. right there, it's like, oh, oh, okay, all right, maybe it was religiously interesting. Well, but then, well, two, they have two. They have two sites. They have Mormon leaks and faith leaks. Okay, so they branch okay. out a little bit okay. so that they okay. can okay. expose everybody. As oh, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. And then the second thing is if. The Jehovah's Witnesses can win a case. I mean, look no further than the big Curtin McConkie building in downtown Salt Lake. I mean, where are those guys going with Mormon leaks? Maybe they don't want to validate them or they don't want to appear suspicious to go after them. Or maybe like it just doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. But it surprises me that uh, that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints hasn't gone after them. Or maybe they have and we just haven't heard about it. Yeah. And that's what I was wondering about. I was trying to find something in here on that, but haven't seen. Or Or maybe it's like when they say just... Don't, you know, don't swat at the fly, just walk away, that it's not, hmm. it's not going to be an issue for us, maybe. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I like this. This is a new project that's, uh, that's coming out about Eliza R. Snow. I'm not going to go into this too much because this is actually a, a future episode of the Cultural Hall where they're going to go all into it. But you can go and find the discourses of Eliza R. Snow. They're accessible on churchhistorianspress.org. And you can learn all about uh, who Eliza R. Snow was. Just a quick little thing that maybe you didn't know. Did you know she was sealed to both the prophet Joseph Smith and to Brigham Young? Uh, I, I don't think I knew that, no. And, and way more than that. There's so much. She was a prolific speaker. She helped a lot of people. Uh, I think she was the second or maybe third uh, president of the Relief Society. So tons of stuff, and that, like I say, will be a future episode of the Cultural Hall. Uh, FSY, you know what that is, Brother Kyle? That's uh, a, no. That's, uh, for, that's for the strength of youth. It used to be the EFYs. Oh, okay. I was um, saying no EFY, but Yeah, so FSY is uh, where we have pivoted into uh, in our international churchdom. Uh, we want uh, those FSYs to exist all over the world, and we did that right in time for COVID-19. And so they said, well— Normally, these would be like big coming together of area saints, you know, the young single adult saints. And I, by that, I mean, I think it's 13 to 18, 12 to 18. Um, now, this year, COVID-19 time, they did it online and they did it for 3,000 Latter-day Saint youth from more than 27 countries and territories in the Caribbean or Caribbean. Hmm. When I first heard about it, I wanted to go immediately, said Diamond Delicia Johnson, a 13-year-old from Jamaica. When I heard that we could do it through technology, I was pretty excited. And so that's what it did. It was a couple-day thing, and uh, they were able to have interactive family history classes, scripture classes, speakers, be able to break out in small groups, uh, to be able to meet other people around their same age, maybe in their same area. Uh, there were many that were um, that spoke during the five-day conference, including Bonnie Corden, uh, Stephen G. Lund, the Young Men General President. Bonnie Corden is the president of the Young Women, members of the Caribbean Area Presidency um, as well, and uh, just became a huge faith-promoting thing. Here's the thing. Why haven't we done this before? Right? We. It's funny yeah. to me. One of the greatest things about COVID, if there can be a great thing, is that we're going, oh, hey, we don't have to do these things in person and there can be... Now, it's not the same as being able to meet up and be together, but yeah. but what a what a cool opportunity to be able to to uh, meet online and, and, and be able to be inspired and, you know, B 
be able to have it. So you unique... don't have to travel and, and maybe in the future we can do both. Yeah. We're having a big one in Salt Lake City, but you know, you're in Missouri and you can't make the, the two year trek over. Yeah. You can do it online. Yeah. Yeah. Do both of them. So there's that. Uh, what else do you have? That's all I've got. Uh, I, men- I mentioned the Feather River Temple earlier, or I should say Feather River. Uh, that's in California. They ground broke for the uh, the ground has been broken. They, they did a groundbreaking for the Feather River Temple. Um, mm. So people can see those renderings for that. Uh, do you know, Brother Kyle, who the gentleman uh, Tanner Chittister is? I don't. Well, he is the CEO, the founder of Fit Warrior. And the founder of Elite CEOs, he grew up in a large LDS household, eldest boy in a family of seven, felt an obligation to be able to take care of his entire family. Uh, There is a great article that just, it's sort of a a feature piece on this guy. I hope to get him in as an episode of the Cultural Hall, talking about how the church has helped him um, to be able to scale now two seven-figure businesses, so in the millions of dollar businesses that he's both built and then sold. And part of that was because he was uh, a young member of the church. He was bullied, and so he it made him stronger uh, and decided that he wanted to create his own destiny so he wouldn't have to put up with bullies again. It's a pretty fascinating story. Hopefully we can get him here in the cultural hall. Uh, other quickies, as I sort of blow through some of this stuff. Uh, McKenna Denson, if you remember her, she was the one that accused uh, Joseph Bishop more than 35 years ago, who at the time was the Provo MTC Center president. Uh, She accused him of um, inappropriate conduct, which would be saying it lightly. Um, The last two remaining items of her case were referred to a settlement conference in January. Several delays have continued that process. This past Wednesday, the Corporation of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints The defendant in the case submitted an emergency motion to enforce a court order concerning gleaning information from Denson's electronic devices and social media accounts. Over several months, Denson has had phone conferences with the court that included her referring to information about recordings and a book transcript she was writing on the case. A June 29th court order said Denson was to provide exact data discovery with access to her online accounts, including social media accounts, and to allow XDD, the name of the company, to image her electronic devices. Uh, She has apparently not done that. Denson's Facebook page is no longer accessible online. Uh, The Office of the First Presidency has requested that Denson be ordered to immediately restore her Facebook accounts, recover her password. This will surely go away shortly um, to the church. So there's that. Everything okay? Is Alexa talking back to you now, Kyle? no, I, I got to find where mine is. Oh, yeah? I hear I keep hollering out. Lexi. I, it's Alexa. Lexi. Thank Alexa. You. <laughs> uh, it's sort of a cool thing. Uh, it's called The Saints of Zara, I think is how you say it. It's a true story of the struggles of, Ar- of Armenian in- immigrants to the United States who arrived prior to the genocide in their homeland. Uh, and uh, there's a part that the uh, church plays in it because these immigrants came to the state of Utah. And she tells of how the group, that is her family, made a new life in Utah and how the church had a play in that. Also, a potential future guest of the Cultural Hall. You're going to hear a lot in the next about 18 months about a gentleman by the name of Green Flake. Uh, He was one of the first men to leave a boot print in what we now call the Wasatch Front. He was with the advance party that broke the trail down Emigration Canyon ahead of the main body of pioneers. He had already planted crops and started building shelter when Brigham Young arrived in his wagon on the 24th and complained and, and proclaimed, rather, this is the right place. But it is obviously, that is the name of Greenflake, not a household name like Brigham Young, Wilford Woodruff, Heber C. Kimball, Orson Pratt, Orrin Porter Rockwell, etc. Greenflake was a black man and he was also a slave. His owner was a convert to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints with the presidential name of James Madison Flake. Flake and his wife Agnes joined the church at their plantation in Mississippi, after which they packed up their slaves, who were baptized right along with them, and headed to live with the Mm. saints at church headquarters in Nauvoo. Two years later, the Flakes fled Nauvoo in the exodus of 1846, made their way to winter quarters, and uh, stayed for the next two years. Everyone, that is, except for Green. He was 19 years old at the time, 
broad-shouldered, over 200 pounds, strong as an ox. He's chosen by Brigham Young to leave winter quarters in the spring of 1847 with his vanguard group of 147 pioneers and make sure that they made it safe and sound to the middle of nowhere. You will hear more of his story uh, in the coming months. There's a film that is being worked on. There is a book called Slavery in Zion that's going through its final editing stages, and you will undoubtedly hear more about it, uh, as there will be tons surrounding it and a story that should be told. It should be a household name like those others that were mentioned. Uh, And then, uh, maybe kind of on the right, same topic, I got two more. You got time for two more, Brother Kyle? Yeah, I got time. Let's do it. Uh, Two former slaves who rose to prominence in early Utah and adopted their faith now have a Salt Lake Valley street dedicated to them. Uh, It's in the township of Mill Creek, which if people don't know, it's in the Salt Lake Valley, just south of Sugar House. Uh, It's called Chambers Avenue to honor Samuel and Amanda Chambers, the impact that her husband and she had on their community during the late 1800s and early 1900s. Born in Alabama, enslaved in Mississippi, joined the church. Uh, in 1844, uh, after his first wife died, that is Samuel, he married Amanda, who was also a slave in Mississippi in 1858. They traveled to Utah in 1870, five years after gaining their freedom and five years before Amanda converted to Mormonism. Uh, you, can, mm. you can be able to read all about them. And I'm going to try and highlight some more of these stories uh, by talking to people who can give us actual information rather than me just reciting news articles about these, but being able to highlight some stories from some people here in the Utah Valley or with the early time of the church um, that were black members of the church, people that we don't hear about that we should hear more stories. And then finally this, because I always save the juiciest stuff for the last. Oh, yeah. Is it good, good or bad? No, it's bad. Bad. So bad. The worst. Do you know what, do you know what LuLaRoe is? Uh, no. Okay. LuLaRoe? LuLaRoe. I would think that you do, Kyle, based in the circles which I know you uh, you flit around in. Uh, LuLaRoe. What's supposed to mean? Well, because you work with, uh, when when we're not in a pandemic, you teach classes with uh, with lots of women, and they wear the, the tight pants. And LuLaRoe was a company that sold the tight pants. Oh, I thought it was Lululemon. No, there is a Lululemon, but unless I am terribly saying this wrong and have misinterpreted what this is uh lula row uh was a company that it was like your uh like your doTERRA's it's like your uh avon's it's like your um not nature select what's that vitamin company anyway so so it's a it's multi-level yeah it's a it's a multi-level marketing some would call it a pyramid scheme um, they are doing, they being the folks at Cinemart, a documentary team, are putting together a uh, documentary about Lula Row Because so many people bought into this, they're the leggings, the fancy patterned leggings that were so big, what, probably 10 years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, everyone got in, you wanted to get people in your downline, you wanted to have leggings parties and all the things. Um, the executives are or were members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I don't know that they still are or aren't. This doesn't Mm. say. It just says that they are affiliated. Uh, And it also, within the documentary, will go into why these pyramid schemes, multi-level marketings, etc., are so prevalent within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Mm. So uh, you can check that out. And uh, we'll obviously have more information about that when it launches, where you can be able to pick it up. They are the folks that if you have the um, if you have the uh, the Netflix and you saw the fire, uh, the fire festival. You remember that thing that was yeah. probably big about a year and a half ago on Netflix. It's right. the same team that put together that documentary that will be doing this documentary. So you'll be able to check that out. Uh, no date for when that will be available to check out. Brother Kyle, did you have a good time? I did have a great time. It was good to see you again and to hear everybody. I uh, I uh, I miss you. I can't wait till I can have you come here. I can inconvenience you more and have you come and sit across from me and and have you not be able to see me because you're blind. 2021. Yeah, there it is. We'll be back in studio together. You know, People don't notice it. It sounds like we're together, but we're not. Yeah, nope, not one bit. I'm in my kitchen. Yeah. 
All right. We hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. We hope if you've been sick or afflicted, you'll be well and can listen next week. And that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat. 